down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, this is the big wide world of 40k. We are here to uh, review the new updates to the Drakari uh, Spiky Boy, S- Spicy Boy faction. Komara is here, and we they, they're coming back with a vengeance, like much like Die Hard Three, and uh, just like Die Hard Three, I've gotten the most John McClane of uh, of humans that I could find. His name's Ridvan Scarry Martinez. Yes, that was tongue in cheek. Hello, mate. Yippee everybody. Yippee, Kaya, indeed, sir. Uh, <laughs> but we are going to be uh, looking at uh, dwelling, you know, delving, sorry, rather, into uh, the Dark City and unpacking this brand new detachment that JDub has been loving enough to give your spiky faction, my man. In addition, we're going to be talking and reviewing some of the rules changes or rules clarifications from the rules commentary, which th- just, think, just things in general I think people need to know uh, have happened. Because uh, like many, I look at the rules commentary and I would rather eat my own face than try and discern what it's actually telling me. So <laughs> I have talked to many people on the internet about what the actual things in there that are worth knowing and worth sharing, and hopefully I'll be able to break them down for you in as layman uh, a term as possible. In addition, like a of course, yes, of course, this is a two-part podcast. First part coming out, lovingly curated by Seamus Ronan. Uh, Tuesday morning, season standard time. Uh, part two, uh, Ridvin and myself will be answering uh, my patron questions. And we will also be hopefully designing some new first press Drakari lists for this brand new meta. Hopefully, hunting some of the things that they found hard to hunt previously, getting some brand new specimens for the arenas. Uh, but Ridvin, my man, I'm oh, sorry, and you can find that over Art of War down under over on Patreon. Uh, Ridvin, tell me about your wares, mate. Sell us. What, what do you do? Why should people care? I do. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. If uh, you don't know who I am, I'm Skari. Um, I am probably the the Dark Eldar player, the global Dark yep. Eldar player. <laughs> yep. At least that's my brand. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, on Patreon, all that good stuff. I am one of the coaches on the Art of War, um, and it is a fun time. I'm what's called a faction specialist. I tend to play a single faction. However, I've been playing for thirty years, so I play lots of factions. I play them well, um, but this is my love. It is the faction I always gravitate back to. And even in the direst of circumstances, you can find me finding ways to make it relevant mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, both challenging and rewarding to be in that sort of situation. And now, every once in a while, every once in a while, the meta circle rotates around and bears forth fruit. And this is one of those times. <laughs> Indeed, my man. If you haven't listened to an Adam Scari episode in a while, it's expect expect that the usual high quality that you you know you, you hopefully have come to enjoy uh, from Art of War Than Under, but it usually gets a little sillier. I can't tell you why. Riven just brings it out in me. So expect some more chicanery, some more nonsense. Whilst you're we're wrapped around your informative and uh, beautiful review experience, but. We have a brand new detachment. For the very first time, an index has been given a new lease on life. Uh, I suppose the, the the closest thing we have to what they've done for Drakari here by giving them a brand new, uh, you know, fully fleshed out uh, detachment is what they did for Death Guard. Like, and Death Guard essentially got fifty percent, I guess, of what um, is happening here. They got a patch fix to their existing one, making it yep. a, a whole a whole new 
feel a whole new play to it yeah. uh, by giving it all the extra contagion auras and things like that. And Votan. Votan got a, a substantial yes. change to yes. their detachment rule um, to like re rework it. So, you know, Games Workshop not shying away from mm. kind of like really tackling an issue. Yeah. And that's, that's so, good to see. Two questions for you, mate. Um, what does this mean for the game? The fact that they're uh, they're willing to go in and just be like, okay, the one we wrote did not work. Here is another one. And uh, please feel free to, to tell us if uh, this is a good thing you think that they're doing. So what does it do for the game? I think what it does is it uh, gives us hope in a good way. It means that like, if you're at the bottom end of the, of the sort of like proverbial tank, right? If you're at the bottom of the food chain, you know, it so far has been every three months, right? Every quarter, mm -hmm. they've been making sure that they update the rules. And it hasn't necessarily been mutually exclusive to simply just FAQ or simply just points yep. or simply they have shown that they are willing to make changes if they feel that changes are warranted, right? So they did that in the first one. They, you know, really gave things like... um uh, they really gave, for example, Votan and uh, Death Guard a, le a new lease on life. Yep. And now they've kind of doubled back on a couple of that or clarified a couple of their rules, like with Custodes getting like better like saves against dev wounds and things for clarification. But they've also given a faction that uh, tends to be at the bottom of the meta Mondays, right? Um, a, yeah. a new lease in life, giving them sort of like a view a picture into I, I it seemed like the design philosophy for what they might be considering moving forward right where they yeah, it's a taste it's a taste of mm, what is to come 100 percent agree uh it, and in all reality the detachment we're about to review might be a portion of a, an upcoming trakaya codex we don't know with it and it's just no left in our space to speculate but uh there, it, why was this necessary is the second question. For, for, I, I, you know, a lot of people will know, but there might be some people who are just joining us very, very early on. I am going to ask dumb questions on purpose during this review, and I do in many reviews, but why was this necessary, mate? Well, first and foremost, the questions are not going to be dumb, right? They're never dumb questions. The dumbest thing is to not ask questions when you need answers. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, giving me permission on my own show to ask questions. <laughs> um, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, why and was this necessary? Why did you so do this? There was a surge in popularity for just 40k in general in 9th edition, which was the previous edition of the game. And Drukari were a very strong faction in that edition, and it drew a lot of players into the playstyle. Fast, aggressive, very... Um, very hard-hitting close combat units that would essentially trade, or what we call trade, right? Uh, be able to send a small unit that did the packed mm -hmm. a big punch to sort of like punch above its weight class. 10th edition comes out, and close combat has changed. But not only has mm -hmm. close combat changed, a lot of the elements of the faction that folks had sort of fallen in love with and the style of play, Incubi, Witches, a Succubus, Lilith, Drazar, right? They'd all sort of like didn't kill anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were terrible. And sort of like the index became index uh dark lance, which being how many dark yeah. lances can you fit into a into a into a list, which was great. They're a very powerful gun, sure. But then it's very dependent on can you see your opponent? Does yep. it hit? Does it wound? And then if they were in cover, God 
God forbid they were in cover with or they had an invulnerable save or they had an invulnerable save. Then all of a sudden, your army didn't do anything. Uh, yep, and it was it became an army that didn't really have any way of getting itself out of a pickle once it was in a pickle. And a lot of folks like there was a big drop in player like mm-hmm. play like people played Eldar or played Anari or just kind of didn't want to play Dark Eldar to the point where worldwide I think the representation was like point four percent or something. Yeah, it was absolutely it was very... destitute. Um, yeah, yeah, quite quite insane how how much the drop off was. But you know, in saying that. Uh, uh, there is a huge proportion of Drakari players who are super faction players, and yep. they migrated to the greener pastures of Eldari. Yep, using uh, using allies and Inari and kind of mixing it in with yeah. like fate dice and like being able to use like your scourge with like your incarn and things like yep. that. Like that was always an option, a popular option, um, and it led to you know some point changes even in the first update where things like Ravagers and stuff got touched yep. because they were just in every Eldar list, Correct. not necessarily Dark Eldar, which I thought was funny. And now we get this new detachment. New rules, new detachment, new way to play the game, an update to the pain token mechanic, which is like the uh, main mechanic of the Drakari yep. and how they play. And combined, I feel what you're seeing is it uh, sort of like a... It harkens back to that style that folks really enjoyed in ninth mm. edition which is like more aggressive little kill units that have the capacity to like actually do damage right yes. and then uh, uh, and then you can basically formulate a game plan around ranged pressure but then have ways to kind of flush the enemy out from behind a wall yeah right yeah. and i think it that that it, it appeals to a lot of players and there's a lot of players who know that this is not like the best faction right now sure but it changes the play style gives people options and it reinvigorates sort of like the love for the faction yeah. in a lot of ways more than anything else i think this is matricari exciting again because they've always yeah. been one of the most exciting most dynamic armies in the game and then they just lost 50 percent of that in this yeah. edition they lost 50 percent of what made them unique and cool and spicy what made people want to play them and they've really gone out of their way to inject that back in i think this is a fantastic step they've taken and to show that they're willing to be this proactive even in you know the somewhat still index hammer version of 10th yep. edition is absolutely fantastic all right let's jump into the changes to power from pain for those who do not know you gain pain tokens uh, at the start of the battle, depending on how much, uh, depending on the, the battle size, most likely that's going to be three. And then each time you destroy a unit, you gain one. Each time an enemy unit fails a battle shock, you get another one. And then you can expend pain tokens for buffs. Um, one of which is um, empowered in the movement phase or the charge phase. You could reroll advance or charge rolls made for that unit. And here's the, where the change comes in. You can expend them in the shooting or the fight phase. And each time a model net unit makes an attack, you can re-roll the hit roll. If it is a melee attack, improve the arm penetration characteristic of that attack by one. Now that is the kicker. So um, holistically across the board, from in the in the the change from ninth to tenth edition, the AP characteristic of the vast overwhelming majority of melee weapons went down, was cut mm-hmm. in half, if not killed off by three quarters. Yep. So it used to be. Part of the identity of Drakari that they had armor penetration three and or four kind of on tap on demand. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what they had in spades. They had yep. um, low strength, ridiculously high AP attacks. Yeah. Then they had the same strength. The strength didn't go up, but the AP went away. 
And that's been the biggest issue that they have a bunch of, they have a lot of attacks that hit like a wet noodle They they because they're low strength with no AP. So it's just bad attacks. So now they're trying to give that AP back that made them, you know, that incentivized them in the first place. Is this a game changer, mate? It is. The um, mathematically speaking, going from, say, your average space range. Right, like an average space rain going against, say, a unit of incubi. Right, incubi being picking strength four and only AP two, yeah, meant that like with an armor of contempt, you know, 50, they 50, were saving on yeah. force, right? Yeah. And it became very tough to kill. Now, there's there's another change that makes this even better, which we'll get to in like two seconds. But just changing the save from a four to a five, big jump. But if they don't use the armor of contempt and it goes from a five to a six, six. it's like a it's like doubles the damage output mm. when it comes to wounding and i think that is a massive change and it affects not just things like incubi grotesques talos witches yep. like even a beast pack you know lots and lots of little attacks that now all of a sudden have an armor piercing value which means that the damage potential of the faction goes up right and Absolutely. that alone means that you can more reliably do damage and clear through the enemy units, which then brings back that sort of trade version of the of the Drukari, which is you trade up. You send an 80-point yeah. unit to kill yep. a 150-point unit, and you can do that twice, right? Bef- and, and, it, and at the end of the game, they run out of stuff before you do. Yep. You know, that sort of thing. Correct. Correct. Alright, so let's jump into this new detachment. This is the Sky Splinter Assault. The Reign of Cruelty and uh, is the detachment one more change? One more change. We we, we, we we did miss the another big change is the Archon can join Incubi units. Yes, I was going to get that when I was talking about. Oh, those with deta- when I was talking about okay. those units, but well, that's, that's a fine. main rule. That's just a main it's rule huge. change. You, you are know? correct, and and that just gives you ability to give reroll wound rolls. I've been joking to people that thematically in my head, I always found it was funny because Incubi in the fluff are hired by Archons to bodyguard them. Yep. And then in 10th edition, something happened in Komora. And they were just like, you guys, I've hired you. You're well paid. Just stand in the corner. I don't just trust just go over, over there, in the corner. Over in, there. in your own little thing, and you won't be yeah. able to kill anything. So you're not really protecting me at all. But I can't. I, I need to be able to see where you are because I don't trust you. So just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Anyway, tell us. Uh, so th- th- it's funny. This detachment rule is rain of cruelty. And it's rain, as in it's raining cruelty. It's not rain, as in like you know the the a tyrant's rain. Um, I thought I thought that was funny. Anyway, um, each time a Drakari unit from your army disembarks from a transport until the end of the turn, that unit's ranged weapons have the ignore's cover ability, and its melee weapons have the lance ability. Oh my dearie, my chef's kiss, fan freaking tastic! Exactly everything Drakari want to be doing in that trading game you were talking about, mate. Um, is this a good rule? Well, we were talking about uh, the increase of armor piercing, how important that is. Being able to just pop out of a transport and uh, have your Dark Lance become AP3, ignore cover. Yes. The amount of times I had a Rhino make that 5-up cover save... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, is incre- it, it, it just means that your range damage is going to be more... Like, yes, it's one Dark Lance at a time. We know, okay, you might hit, you might not wound or whatever. But at least if it wounds... It has a high likelihood of doing its high damage, mm. which would be very useful. Um, things yeah. like the blaster works really well with its AP4 Correct. and so like infantry. Um, and then you've got like 
just okay rifles are ap0 sure so like a three up save doesn't get better and or worse against it but now if you run a bunch of rifles and shoot it like guardsmen they don't get a better save they like yeah. just stay yeah. at their four up um and even something like uh um like mandrakes for example mm-hmm. you know if they were in a transport you get out like that's that's a lot more shots or whatever anyway so there's yeah. like lots of stuff you can do with it it is fantastic. I'm a big fan. Um, all right, lance jumping in. Sorry, is the lance is where it's at because you then yeah. like incubi plus one to wound, switches plus one to wound. Like there's so many things that can get in there, and now finally the strength debuffs that they had are a lot less relevant. Like if you need to go and kill monsters or whatever, like if you're playing into tyranids or you're playing into demons or you know you don't have to rely on your like dark lances tool to work for you anymore. Right, and it opens up a whole new phase of the game to play in—not just the shooting phase and the movement phase, but now the combat phase is a phase you can interact with. Yeah, perfectly said, man. Um, All right, let's jump into the enhancements. The first one is Phantasmal Smoke. It's Drakari model only, hilariously. Uh, While the bearer's unit is wholly within six of a friendly Drakari transport, models in the bearer's unit have the benefits of cover and stealth. So minus one to hit and plus one save. Seems like a good ability, but no, I'm not sure it's a great ability to have on Drakari, but I'm hoping you're going to tell me otherwise. No, you're right. It's just, it's like, okay, it's fun. I guess if you're playing like a more fun game, sure. It it sort of lends itself well to, I have a Tantalus, and I want to keep my tant- like, yeah. I So I'm like, I have a bigger unit near a Tantalus, and I need it to be, and it's got a court, so it's minus one to wound, now it's just minus one to hit, and it's, you know, it has a benefit of cover, so like, I just get better saves yeah but it doesn't stop the issue of i'm toughness three and Correct. i just die right usually so, it's taking a, a pretty yeah. medium armor save into an okay armor save also it's 20 points also yeah it's it's the most like this it's the same price as the other one we'll see in a second it's definitely not even close to just as, yeah. as good as that well tell us about the next one so the next one is i don't know the name um but i know what it does it's an it basically allows you to um when you empower a unit with a pain token, you can yep. pick a transport within six inches and empower that transport as well. Yep. So it's three inches, and it's called three, sadistic, sadistic Fulcrum. But yeah, apart yep. from that, everything else you said is... I think is that's 15 points. Um, and it, that one... You're correct very, as well. That one is very well with a Tantalus, right? So like that yes. one, you get out, you make your big Core of the Archon unit empowered and then that same pain token can then empower the tantalus great in that setting with a venom or with a raider not as good (laughs) correct yeah Yeah, it's like it's one maybe two guns uh otherwise um the next one is spiteful raider uh each time the bearer's unit destroys an enemy unit in the fight phase if that enemy unit was the range of one or more objective markers the bearer's uh unit was sorry when the bearer's unit was selected to fight you gain an additional pain token and this one will run you 10 points 10 points how do you feel about it this is the the, my second favorite um i think you're going to see this in almost every single list that uses it this detachment um, and it allows you to essentially have a unit that can go in, bully some units early in the game, yep. and get you some pain tokens for your go turn, essentially, is what it comes down to. I think it's pretty good. I, I think it's totally fine, especially with 10 points. Uh, the last one is the Nightmare Shroud. What does it do? So the Nightmare Shroud is my favorite one. Mine um, too. Yes. So the model and their unit, the bearer and their unit, on a turn in which they disembark from a transport, cannot be overwatched. <laughs> That's it. Huge. He's just 
immunity to Overwatch, which is fabulous. Because I got to tell you, especially in the early index days of the edition, I was overwatching transports with aggressors and smoking. Yep. Like, yep. Uh, it was bad. Overwatch is a bad time for Jakari almost always. <laughs> if someone has built their army to have a good Overwatch option, that unit is a nightmare for Jakari at times. Because, yep. of course, you try and charge him, you die. Uh, you try and move near him, you die as well. So, this is a fantastic, fantastic one. Uh, it is, is that great. The... It's very, very good. I Like this one, it's 20 points. You put yeah. it on an Archon, or if you want to, you could put it on a Succubus, right? And run it on the Squad of Witches. Mm. Like, there's lots of options with this one. And I think it is the one you're going to see. Like, you start your list with this enhancement, plus an Archon at least, (laughs) and then everything else that goes in your list. And then everything else. Yeah, that is the only thing I'd say about these um, enhancements. So I am not uh, enamored with any of them. None of them slap me in the face. It's like, oh, I must take that at all costs. Um, I would say Nightmare Shroud is pretty damn utility amazing. Uh, But the rest of them, I could take them or leave them. Yep. I don't like in the list that like that I've been running. I don't use any of the others. Um, I just use the nightmare shroud. Yeah, fair. All right, uh, jumping down to the strats, of which of course there are six. First of which, vicious blades, one CP, uh, five phase. Uh, sorry, and it is not a. Well, of course, we'll read about when they're a battle tactic. Uh, five phase just after a Drakari transport uh, from your army has selected its targets. Uh, that transport after your transport is fought, select one enemy unit that was the target of one or more of those attacks and roll one d six for each model embarked within your transport, adding one to the result if that embarked enemy model is a rack model. For each five plus the enemy suffers one mortal wound to a maximum of six mortal wounds. I'm also of the opinion uh, the reason I like this is because it combos with tank shot. So if you are charging with the Drakari transport, I'm assuming you're going to be tank shocking. Uh, and if you're tank shocking and you didn't do what you wanted to do, because um, tank shocking happens, you know, before this one does, um, you can drop this trying to try and get over the line. And so I, I quite like this, but it's not as reliable a stratagem as I would like. I'd like it to be a little more reliable for the one CP because if you got five guys in a venom, this thing is not worth it at all, unless they've got one wound left and you really need them dead. Um, mm-hmm. In a raider, possibly not. But, you know, like you said before, that Tantalus, Tank Shock's pretty good for Drakari, and then it can have 20 models in it. So, yeah. Yep. It's a good, and it has its own spot. mortal wounds as well. Like, if anything, right. it is situational mortal wounds are nothing to scoff at. Right? So if you really need to take down a target, the fact that it's not limited to, like, target type means that it has more utility than you think like if you're running into an incarn or an avatar or like a satan or something that you just try and need to do damage to you can use grenade you can use tank shock and then yeah. you can like try and throw a couple more mortal wounds in with this so it is a very good utilitarian um stratagem it works mm-hmm. best if you have racks and it does work best if you do it in say a raider or a tantalus because you roll more dice with more people embarked um and it's, it's it's one CP. Like all of these strats are yeah. useful. Yeah, that you won't write home about them. But having another way to do mortals is not a bad thing. I totally agree. Tell us about the next one. I don't know what the name is. Wraith like retreat. Okay. <laughs> one C one CP. So I think this is the uh, transport being able to move away. Is that right? No, is that the no? It's the fight and then move away. Yeah. So it's at the end of the fight phase. You pick an infantry unit that fought that phase. That's important to note. And you can do a fallback or normal move with them. The caveat being that unless they're witches, they have to end their move to embark inside of a transport. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a witch unit, you just make the move. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you are any other unit, you must use that move to get in a transport. Um, you must end that move wholly within three horizontally and five vertically of a friendly Drakari transport yep. and must embark within it. Um, is this a good strat? Yes. Uh, it is if you're taking witches specifically very, very good. Um, and yep. it's less useful in other scenarios because a lot of the times you're already taking venoms that mm-hmm. pretty much have this rule built in to being a venom. Where at the end of the fight yes, phase, exactly right. you can just pick a unit, and if they're mm. holy, like within six, they just hop into the venom. Um, so, like, I'm it, it, I'm using it more of a as a um, tactic technical tool, a tactical tool yep. because you lose strike and fade from the other detachment to That's like true. charge witches into a rhino, not get killed, and then move the witches another eight inches onto an objective, or you know, move block or something Correct. like that. So you can leapfrog a unit of witches you know, eight inches away from a combat, mm. right, basically, and they can, like, get into a nice position. Um, as for anything else, yeah, I guess you could, you know, because it's a fullback, a normal move, they, it allows you to kill a unit and then have the vehicle be further away yeah. than what it would normally be, and then hop back into it. Yep. So, it's 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 a it's a technical tool. Like, sure, you I can agree. use it, it's good to have, uh, it's not, it's not going to, like, be amazing, all right, next up is Pounce on the Prey, 1 CP. Um, your movement phase just after a Drakari infantry unit from your army disembarks from a transport that made a normal move this phase. That infantry unit, um, the effect is to the end of the turn, your unit is eligible to declare a charge. Uh, yeah. So you Amazing. move the transport, get out of the... Well, every transport now has uh, the Land Raider assault, assault ramp, essentially. Yep, 14 inches plus a 3 inches embark. You're looking at a 17-inch... <laughs> Plus charge so, range, 29 yeah. inches from any vehicle. Is, so the, is it, Yes, exactly right. It was much needed. Uh, much needed for the Dark Eldar, especially with the ability to do combat now. it's It just increases that threat range uh, very, 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 very good. It's I well, like it. This is the best strategy. Because it used to be you had army-wide advance and charge from turn two onwards in the previous yep. codex, in the mm-hmm. codex. And so they needed some of that back. Because right now the... The threat range of the Dakari and how far you just need to be away from them to be entirely immune is pretty plottable. It's pretty you can just figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So if I'm at, if I'm what what would it be? Um, you get you're getting out. It's usually getting out eight and uh, eleven inches. Move, a lot of movement eight on witches and incubi movement seven. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Then three inch disembark, so ten inches, and then they. So you, you, if you are around twenty inches away from a venom with with incubi in it, you're probably good. If they want to risk a, a nine or a ten inch charge with their best unit from a from a transport, probably happy with that. Especially if it's not your best unit, that's probably just fine. Now that unit just goes straight to your home objective and eats you in your boots, and you're not a happy, <laughs> not a happy about it, uh, which is good. Yeah, this is very good. Now, of course, terrain dependent, of course, with the changes to fly, it's not as like oppressive yes, as it would have been agreed. in editions past, being that you have to like fly around things. Correct. Um, but being able to hide behind a wall that's, you know, and then, or behind a ruin and then fly in a certain direction, get out, charge, increasing that threat range, very, very useful, very important. Uh, this is a tool that as a Dark Eldar player, I will be using a lot. 
hundred percent. That's the so far to me. That's the bread and butter. That's the uh, slapping that down every turn. I got a good target for it. Skyborn Annihilation is next. This is a battle tactic. It is one CP. It happens in your shooting phase. One Drakari unit from your army that disembarks from a transport this turn and has not been selected to shoot yet. Until the end of the phase, ranged weapons equipped by models in your unit have the sustained hits one ability or the sustained hits two ability if they're Cabalite Warriors. And I got to tell you, I have actually and entirely been impressed with Cabalite Warriors as a, a a good to medium shooting unit. And the fact that you have a, you have a, a pain token to chuck on them to get four rolls to hit in the shooting phase to really milk out sustained and sustained two, I think makes this quite a good strat as well. How do you feel? Uh, this is a good situational strat that is, you know, something that if you have an extra CP, you're probably going to want to use it. Like, um, it c- combined with Cabalite Warriors, it's very, very good. Yep. Um, you know, a Venom with five Cabalites that have all guns inside is called a Scarry Boat. That's just <laughs> what it's called now. <laughs> and and you move it into a corner, you disembark this unit of Cabalite Warriors now because of the attachment, ignore cover, yep. right? Great, awesome. So Dark Lance, Blaster, all these guns, ignore cover, awesome. And then you give them a pain token, and then you give them um, the stratagem, and now all of a sudden, your Dark Lance hits on a six, and it's three Dark Lance hits. <laughs> yes. Uh, that ignore cover, that's like a whole scourge unit. <laughs> it's <laughs> that has just real hit. good. Yeah, real good. It, it's awesome. And a lot of the times, because you're hitting with that Dark Lance on a 4 anyway, you tend to re-roll that roll a lot, to try, mm-hmm. and then you're more likely to just get that 6. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's a good I mean, little stratagem. You could use it on a big unit as well. You could use it on a unit of Mandrakes, for example, if you want more dev wounds out of a transport if you're using a big 10-man unit. There's like lots of options with it, but with Cabalites, it's yeah. very nice. Okay, on to the uh, second last, Swooping Mockery, uh, 1 CP. Happens in your opponent's movement phase, just after an enemy unit ends a normal advance or fallback move. One Drakari transport from your army that is not within engagement range of one or more enemy units and is within nine of the unit that has just ended their move. Your transport can make a normal move of six inches. So 1 CP bug out if they're getting too close and you don't like it, or 1 CP jump on the objective that you weren't on and help flip things around. I like how um, open this is, but a lot of people have a version of this strat, and it makes a lot of sense that Drakari would too. How do you feel? Uh, reactionary moves are very strong. Yeah, um, agree. And I really do like it in combination with something like it, it allows you to sort of like give the illusion of overextension and not yep. really overextend. You know, you can run out of Venom, move the Venom, get out, charge, fight something, kill something, get back into Venom. Somebody gets close to try kill Venom. Venom moves away, right? Like at its at its core, that's the simplest way of using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other ways, like you know, get aggressive with Venom that's empty in your opponent's deployment zone. They have a lot of deep strikers. Yep. You're zoning out the board. They move something close to Venom. Venom moves even further inside of their deployment zone to screen out even more. You know, yeah, yep. <laughs> to like Great. push yep. their deep strikers further. You know, hundred percent. So there's like you know, you forgot to I don't know. You want to stop an enemy unit from moving, they move one unit, then the other, then your Venom goes into a corner and goes, you can't move past this building, or now this monster can't move. Like, there's lots of other ways you can use it, but having a reactionary move, excellent. Or I pictured a Tantalus when you were talking about blocking people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If the Tantalus is that close, though, you're you're in a little bit of trouble. (laughs) But I meant for like, oh, someone comes out thinking they're going to get on an objective. 
and then you just like wall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's <Nope>. a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a broadside. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Last strat: Night Shield, one CP. Your opponent's shooting phase just after any unit selected its targets. One Drakari vehicle unit from your army that was selected as one of those targets. Until the end of the phase, your vehicle has a four plus invulnerable save. One CP, four plus invulnerable in the shooting phase. Reactively, I think it's very good. Yep. And seeing as this entire detachment pivots around you having units in transports that can get out and then, you know, go to the moon, kind of, you know, special rule wise, I think this is a very important one to have. Uh, what do you think? It's awesome. I think it makes something like a tantalus viable. You know, you can have one big tank. That has a yep. four up invul now. Um, yep. It allows you to have ravagers, you know, have a ravager. Correct. You know, pops out. Now the ravager is a little bit more durable. That one raider that it's hard to hide sometimes, you know, you in a pinch, you can give it a four up invul. So it, it's good to have it just, to, you know, fit, it's a four up. You either pass them all or you fail it. Like it's, yes. it's just how it works. Yeah. 100%. Uh, that actually brings us to the end of the rule section for the new detachment, mate. Um, quickly, out of 10, how good do you think this uh, detachment is for Drakari? It's gone from about a four and a half, five to like an eight, an 8.5. Like, I think it is a very big jump. I think it's a positive jump. And I think um, it's still going to require a lot of finesse to get the most yep. out of it. However, it opens up a whole new play style that a lot of people enjoy. And it has a lot of tools that work very well into the current meta. Yeah, this is the kind of detachment I love to see and I want to see more of because it has a very, um, very design-heavy flavor to it. You, you know how this is supposed to work. And then me as an opponent, there is weaknesses here I can exploit. Um, essentially, if I let Drakari get to me, they're going to get to me with as many rules as they feel like they need to kill me. Um, but if I am proactive into Drakari and I get them out of their boats on my terms, the army loses a lot of its luster. If, if a unit is not able to get out of a transport and then do a thing, shoot and or fight, if I just like blow that thing up in my turn and they're just standing there in their turn, the amount of rules that they can apply to that unit is uh, like, I don't know, three quarters less, <laughs> the damage efficiency. Yep. So it feels like if people can, you know, be proactive into Drakari, and that's exactly what Drakari, how they want to play. They want to cordon you off. They want to contain you. They want to prey on you. They want to skin you alive on their terms when they're ready. And so if you're able to break out and, and start get to them, you get a lot of more agency in the game. I, I, I love seeing detachments that are well-designed with pros and cons. Like a Drakari player that can stage effectively, that can make use of these rules, is going to be a powerhouse. They're, they're, they're going to be absolutely terrifying because they're going to have like little, little surgical units just coming out of everywhere, just eating your best units, and you're going to be like, what the hell happened to my army? Uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be really exciting. Um, and I agree with you. Said you said uh, four to about a six or a seven now. Uh, eight, about an eight. eight. I think yeah, it's yeah. more uh, like an yeah. eight-ish. I don't think yeah. it's like S tier. I don't think it's nah. like I. I don't think it's A tier. It's about B, B plus, depending yeah. on how like good you are. Because it does. Re it is still a bunch of toughness three models. And if you, even though you can build a list that has like thirty units in it, right? Like if your opponent kills ten of them in a single turn, you're just gonna lose. So you have to like, yeah. you have to play it smartly it's like still a finesse army but it definitely has a lot more tools than it did before yeah totally agree man and I, i'm firmly with you i think they're going to end up in the b b plus ish area um because i think they have a lot of play into a huge amount of armies but yeah like you said the the things that they're relying upon to get through the game to get through five turns against some very deadly armies is just a very you know not durable chassis and like i said you got to be really proactive 
with this army. And uh, but there is a lot. There is a lot to be excited about. So much, even. Uh, but yeah, around the B tier is where I'm expecting them, which is way yeah. better than they were because they were one of the bottom three factions in the freaking game. They um, do feel. They feel good, and that's like they yeah. just feel right, and that's good. Mm. That's a good place to be at. All right, now we are going to jump over to the 20 page rules commentary, uh, which is mostly just clarifications and bits and pieces. I've pulled out uh, a bunch of the ones that I think matter the most to people at home. Um, I did, and shout out to Goonhammer, who I did um, peruse their review as well, uh, just picking out the ones that I'd already had down, then just making sure that they had them down too. So there were none big ones that I missed or omitted or um, I'm, I'm making a bigger deal out of than they, they are. Um, I really struggle with this document, just putting it out there. It reads like VHS instructions to me. It's a, it's a, it's a hard time of the office. Uh, so thank you very much to other people who've put out reviews and stuff, and I'm able to go to the document, to them, to the document, to them, and I'm able to cross-reference cross, uh, my own stuff to make sure I have my T's and C's correct and dotting my I's. Um, so first of the rule clarifications and or you know just blanket rulings we're going to be expecting to play with in the game moving forward. The first one, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Scar, are you familiar with some of these? Yep. Yeah, we went. We've gone through. I've gone through them all. Um, Fantastic. Uh, so definitely, you'll be able to give me a hand. The first one is counts as a normal move for triggered abilities. So this is stuff like uh, Overwatch and so other other bits and pieces. What's the clarification here? If you can tell us. Uh, well, if you count as moving, you don't move, but you count as normal moving, basically. Yeah. Um, so it just it's just a clarification to be like, yes, you even though you didn't move, you it's kind of like you did do a move. If that yep. makes sense. So yeah. it would trigger anything. That that would trigger. So yep. people are saying, well, I didn't actually move my models, but it says counts as moving. So can you do all the, you know, can you move away from me? Can you overwatch me? Can all this stuff? And people just had a lot of questions there. So yes, you can for all those things, I think. Um, you, It's now clarified you can 100% use the infiltrate ability if you were to have a redeploy. So I think there's only two armies in the game that do it. If I remember right, I think it's the Skatari Hunter cohort. Um, and one of the Tyranid ones, probably the Vanguard. Um, Genes of the Cult, uh, yes, the G- Necrons. Yep. Um, yeah, there's a lot of factions that can take advantage of this. Yeah, and it's so, it's, and that's uh, saying when you when you yeah. redeploy before the start of the game, um, you you get to because it says redeploy in your deployment zone specifically, but now it says if you have infiltrate ability, you can infiltrate into the no man's land. Same ter- terms and conditions apply. Yeah, uh, which is, is nice as a clarification because if you have like a, if you have like oh I'm going to deploy on this flank and the opponent's like oh I'm going to counter deploy, we're like well before we know who goes first, we pick these up now instead of like putting them back into reserve or like in deployment zone. They're like no, if they have infiltrate, they can just redeploy with infiltrate, which does make that sort of combo I think quite powerful. A lot better, absolutely. Um, embarked units and reserves. So this has been a big consternation for quite some time. And in fact, I've seen many rulings go the opposite way of this. But what have they decided upon now? So you can disembark after a unit comes in from reserve. Yeah. So It if you, is a big deal, I think. Uh, the term and condition here is that the disembarked unit must also be nine inches away from the from any enemy any enemy units. So if I trundle on with an impulsor from the side of the board, and then I want to disembark the hellblasters inside, those hellblasters must also must also be nine inches away. Uh, the same conditions apply. Nice to... clarification there, but it does mean that like if you do want to like like every vehicle is sort of like a drop pod now, right? Yes. Like it, you just can get out. When you come in from reserve, you just get out, and then you can't. You're not allowed to do a charge unless, like, specifically allowed. I guess, kind of like you know, with a land raider or whatever, yeah. right? 
Uh, but this is a big deal, right? This is actually, uh, I, I would have thought no. If you had have asked me, I would like mm, probably not, just for the sake of the game. Uh, this because it, uh, it was it was it did get a little messy. Um, which way it was going to go? Um, is, does this really open up any playbooks for armies, especially Drakari? Well, I think it, being able to just jump out of a transfer when it comes in is useful. The biggest thing is the threat of trying to make a nine inch charge. So it's like yeah. it becomes a lot e- it becomes a lot more relevant if you're if you have some sort of charge bonus other than just a reroll. And then maybe there's a little bit more play, like being able I think one of the biggest uses of this is trying to get onto an objective that's further than six inches from the edge of the board. So that's like true. if you're like if the objective like if the objective is very you can't get to it because it's like just further up like you can move your 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 transport up they disembark they can be further the unit disembarking be further than six therefore you can like put them on the objective or, or mm. behind that building or whatever it is you need to do right so well, i think I've been, like play with it but i don't absolutely think it, it doesn't break the game well there are units that move after shooting as well that could be in transports um so you could you know as long as they're nine inches away from this move would not take them within nine inches of the enemy you could Bring on or and or deep strike the transport, get the unit out, shoot the unit, move the unit, you know, yep. fire and fade it, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, or there's there's plenty of other ways to do that. So yeah, I think yep. this opens up quite a bit of playbook, quite a bit of niche jank play. Um, a blanket rule has been made for sticky objectives uh, yep. because there was a lot of because uh, I mean GW does this every edition, but this edition has been the best of it so far, where everyone's rule that says sticky objectives was kind of different. I yep. some were removed at the end of the turn, some at the end of the end, end of X, Y, Z phase. The command phase. Some were like exactly now they're just right. like just check at the end of every phase, and that's at the end of every yeah. phase. If you no longer got it, you no longer got it, and then and or the end start or end of any turn. Um, so that's just it. That's just it. Now, if you're sticking objective, end of any phase or Part of end any of turn any- is relevant because things like um, you know doing a cleanse now on like for example the ritual right before yep. you you. You wouldn't be able to control the objective that you summoned, so you wouldn't get the cleanse. Now, though, you can do it. You can like stay summon an objective and cleanse it, and then you you do both at the end. So now you can check control at the end of the turn, which means you can do your action and stuff and oh, yeah. summon objectives yep. and things like that. That's actually very interesting. Um, ignores modifiers is now clarified to ignore damage modifiers. Now, this is a big deal. Because uh, notably for Trajan, and I will see if we can conjure up any in our minds of other other applications. But saying that if you ignore the you know negatives to hit, you know, and, and you know, and negatives to wound, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you also ignore negative to damage, which I kind of always assumed it should. But then we've had rulings both ways uh, in the past, and now GW's just come out and said, "Yep, yeah, cool, you ignore the damage modifier as well." Where this is key is that it makes you know Trajan Valoris now Rickroll Mollywops. Uh, Catan, like no one else's business, and essentially he's kind of the best thing in the game, really killing a Catan. Um, can you think of anyone else who has uh, ignore mods as good as he does? Oh, well, we got Mortarion, but he doesn't in Aura, right? Then you've got a, yep. a stratagem for the Space Marine. What is it? The 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 Strike Force or whatever the vehicle one, um, yep. where you can give it to like a Dreadnought, right? That ignores all modifiers, so you know he can be really good. Um, there's, I think, a and some of, some of those train. are ignore because there are a lot of ignores modifiers that have caveats that say just ignore the hit roll modifiers and skill modifiers. There are some, there are plenty of them out there like that, which is why I think people are 
honing in on Trajan because he ignores all of them. He I does. Can't remember so the, does Mortarin, I, I think. Yeah, Mortarin yeah, I think. Is, a, is another blanket one, so he's pretty good with that. So, all in all, it does, like, yes, it's good they clarified it, because it was, like, some events were, like, one way, some events were yeah. another. Now it's just one ruling to rule them all. Awesome. Now we know. Maybe Trajan's really good at killing Catan, but that's great because there's going to be so many of them. We're going to need something to put into that matchup. <laughs> agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, the next one is just a, a, a nerf to GSC, as far as I can tell. Um, I read this one and I was like, what? Okay. Uh, you cannot use single shot weapons from firing decks. Nah. They're just, they're that's, just a, del- that's a Dustin Henshaw special. So it they're is. just like, Dustin. We're gonna make your gene sealers cheaper, but we're gonna take away your the acolytes. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just laugh at that and say, uh, "Who else did that? Maybe Uri and Rakarth in a Venom. That's it. That was like the only time I ever did it. Was like flaming unlimitedly with Uri and Rakarth's one shot yeah. flamer from a so, Venom. The way they've written firing deck in this in this edition, the fact that they've written it as it's the it's the the tank, the transport is firing using that meant that there was a lot of jank ability where you could have like, you know, in this example, um acolytes with blasting charges inside or demo charges inside a transport. They throw them, the transport's now used it, and then they get out and they've still got them, and then they throw them. Because they didn't throw them, the transport threw them, even though they were throwing them from the back of the transport. You see where we're going here. So GW has just been like Everything, every solution we come up with is dumb. So there is no solution. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, they exactly. Like They're like, no, you're just not allowed. Stop yeah. trying. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Cease. Enough um, of this. I, I do have to say, this is the worst solution. <laughs> and, and it shows yeah, that they, didn't have, like, they just didn't have a good one. They Well, you know, it's one of those things where they're like, yeah, we're going to have. So how are we going to do open top this edition, Fred? Well, Frank. I think we should uh, just make that, okay, you just pick a bunch of, you know, weapons and then the tank shoots them. Yeah, that sounds great. There's not any problems with that. Out comes Gene Steeler Cult. Okay, so these are one-shot weapons. I can shoot all of them out of this little truck, can I? And I don't use them. Technically, the tank does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lol. LOL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, arriving from reserve, turn one. What has changed here? Uh, so if you get put into strategic reserve, I think on turn one, you just count as the turn one higher for the first battle round. I think all it does, it clarifies the whole, if you yeah. are allowed to come in, like if you go back into reserve on that first turn, you can come in on the bottom of the first turn. It's, yep. it's It and just clarifies the whole, do you, can you, can you not? Is it strategic? Is it not? Is it deep strike? Is it not? Like, I think they just went, no, like these units are kind of designed to like, force you to screen out from the beginning of the game sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, I believe it means it counts as a turn two for strategic reserve. So if you have to walk on, because, you know, oh, what turn do I count it as? And it, it will right, count it as right. turn two strategic reserve. So you, you know, can't come in into opponent's deployment zone, but definitely in the board edges. Yeah. Um, okay. Are there any that I've missed? There are a bunch of small minor clarifications that I'm not going to bother people with, but those are the big ones that I think will actually be things people need to know in order to be playing games immediately. And then there may be some that come up uh, in the future for people. And you, of course, you feel free to learn those. In well, if you manner. find any or we forgot any, please like leave a comment. Let us know. Uh, That's it. Like, you know I mean, like interact. Uh, put like a comment down below or put a message and be like, "Hey, you guys are morons. You forgot this one and you forgot that yeah. one." You Pathetic. Know, we, yeah. How know. dare you? How dare, How you dare we call ourselves professionals? One red line in this 20 page document. How dare I? Like, just pathetic. 
Disgusting. Anyway, that's going to wrap us up for this uh, part one, guys. Hopefully, you've found an informative journey through the new take on the denizens of Komora that GW has been lovingly enough to bestow upon them. Um, and then also, yeah, some designers commentary stuff, just some good stuff that you need to know to rules clarification stuff to help you along with your games, um, either, you know, using them yourselves or being used against you. Uh, but Ascari, anything you'd like to say or mention before we check out? Well, thanks a lot for listening. If go head on over to uh, part two, which is awesome. And uh, and I'll, we'll see you on the flip side. If you have any questions, you can always reach out. You know where I am. And if you don't, find me because uh, there's only but one Scary. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Say the line, mate. Uh, ah, the dark kid. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.